Welcome to another edition of Shed Chats. I'm Peter White and today we're talking to Pear Edmondson, Think Tank Company Secretary. Think Tank funds the purchase of commercial real estate. The other side of the Think Tank business, which we're talking about today, is the issuance of investment bonds backed by commercial property loans to investors. Current rates of return on the bonds range from 5.33% per annum to 8.55%, attractive in today's low-yield world. Welcome, Pear. We're in the midst of a, looks like a residential property slump. People putting money into investment bonds backed by commercial property might be worrying, is commercial property heading the same way as a residential property? Well, that's a very good uh, question. Certainly, you can't pick up the newspaper and not uh, read about what's happening in in residential property, particularly uh, Sydney and Melbourne. And this isn't just our view, but the fact is that commercial property is really not going the the same way at all. And it uh, it highlights that they are two very different markets, residential and commercial, different drivers. Um, Has that always been the case? Not always, because sometimes property values are really just driven by interest rates. There, there are times in history when that's been the case. They, they operate very much like bonds. So if interest rates go up, the value of bonds goes down. And that's, that's the same with property that has an income stream attached to it. But that's not the case now. That obviously. isn't. Interest rates have been very stable here. And what's happening is there are supply and demand factors that are really impacting on residential markets and differently in commercial markets. So in Sydney and Melbourne, where values for residential are going down, and we think it's just a correction. We don't think it's it's a, a dramatic slump that's going to last for a long time. Not Armageddon. No. And when you look at what the increase in values has been in residential markets, particularly again in Sydney and Melbourne, they've been very, very strong over a long time. And in fact, the regulators were quite concerned about that. So they did certain things to try and impact on the supply of credit. And I think that's had quite a quite an impact in terms of pricing. On the commercial markets, that's not the fact. There's lack of, of supply both in Melbourne and in Sydney. Um, and in the CBD markets, as an example, rents are going up, vacancy rates are at record lows. And January, we'll get a new set of figures from the Property Council, and everyone's expecting to see uh, uh, vacancy rates in Sydney around, you know, three point something. That's a record low. And rents go up and values go up. But does that flow through to the smaller commercial properties, which typically you finance? Yes, you don't do the big uh, in, uh, CBD towers, do you? No, we don't. And, and it's, 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 it's a very, very good observation that, that most of what you read about it has to do with the, the big towers because it's good to write about. It's, you can, it's, it's more interesting. Those same factors do impact on, on smaller properties. About half of the business that we would write are industrial office warehouse type situations where owner-occupiers um, are, are involved uh, or investors just renting out to a small business, uh, usually in the suburbs somewhere but the same factors are at play and and lots of that has to do with the economy in general and despite all the political upheaval going on in our country the economy is actually performing very well unemployment's coming down the only thing that stalled a bit is is wages growth and consumers so we're perhaps not as enthusiastic about retail property as we would be about uh, industrial and commercial but they're they're still stronger 
than residential property. And lots of investors are looking at those as alternatives now. And what's your typical loan size that backs these these uh, mortgage-backed securities? Yes, our, our average uh, size, interestingly, is, is growing, but it'd be about 800,000. We expect that uh, if the trend continues, and part of this is driven by the banks being out of favour, so people come to us instead of going to the bank for their funding, and we're seeing that uh, average loan size grow, so it'll be about a million. So an example would be in our issue that we um, settled last Friday for $315 million that we sold into the public debt markets, which are the, the same characteristics as what you would find in our other funds, there would be about uh, 350 loans that back up those securities. Okay, around a mill mil alone. Yeah, in other yeah words. a little less, yeah. Say I have a SMSF fund, where does your investment bonds, your commercial mortgage-backed securities sit in the risk profile of, say, my portfolio, which will have cash in the bank, we might have some bonds, Yes. and I have certainly have Aussie equities, like yeah. <laughs> every SMSF is overweighted sure. in Aussie equities, they, I think. They are, they are. It's, it's, it's Where's the, where do you guys sit in the risk profile there? Yeah, I, I would say you'd put it in the high yield, and high yield necessarily means it is higher risk. You, you don't get a higher return on, on a security unless there is some technical risk involved. Now, how is that calculated? Well, we look at if you put it in cash in the bank, where you know you'll get it back, you'll get very little, very, very little interest. You put it in a government bond, you might get a little more, but not much. So people are looking for something else that will give them an above average return, but not at some extreme risk. And the way you look at that, I think, and the way I would look at it and do in my own investments is what's the historical loss rate on on these sorts of investments if you're putting your money into well, equities. Well, it's going to come to that. Yep. Well, what is that? Well, let's ask that question. That's right. What is the historical it, loss rate? Well, I'll preface the response by saying that any loss that suffered on an individual loan is covered by all the other loans as well. So. You, you don't end up and say, oh, well, if one loan defaults, then you're going to have a loss. That's not so. The income and the appreciation on other loans covers off that. The fact is that we would have uh, arrears, we'll start with that as a measurement of loss, of, of 1% or less. And that compares very favorably to, say, a comparable um, residential mortgage-backed securitization. And um, uh, that's what the rating agencies look at quite closely, is just historically, how many people uh, fall behind in their payments? How many people do you actually have to sell up? It's very few. You could count on the um, 12 years that we've been in business, on one hand, the number of times that we've had to do that, and where we've actually incurred a loss. So after realizing the value of the property and any contribution that the uh, the owner, who almost invariably will be a guarantor of that loan, is unable to cover, would be minuscule. So that's a very small loss on the loan book size. What yes. about the investors? Have investors always got their advertised rate back, and have there has there ever been any or diminution of their investment? Yes, very, very good point. And, I, and I'll, I'll, I'll say that this answer covers all of the investors 
from from those that have invested in in our AAA notes, which you wouldn't expect there would be any loss, down to uh, the uh, the lowest rated ones. And the answer is no, no, no on both cases. On both cases, no investor wow, has ever suffered a loss. It it is, and and it speaks uh, somewhat. I think it, it speaks to the way think tank runs the business, but the structure of the investments is exactly uh, meant to give that sort of an outcome so that that even if there is some stress on the portfolio, the investor is not going to suffer a loss. Thanks indeed, Pierre. You're very welcome.